Here's Gorlami. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. And this is Kenny. And this week, we have our first guest ever. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Paul Damien. I'm the best friend. There we go. You are. Yeah. Yeah. The best one out of all of them. That's exactly right. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Obama agrees. (laughs) Um, But uh, today, we're going to be talking about um, Event Horizon from 1997, I believe. Um, And Paul Damien, you're the one that brought this film to us. Mm What... uh, what was your first interaction with this movie? When did you first see this movie? Um, I probably saw this movie around 10 years ago. Um, my uncle actually told me about it because he likes older sci-fi like horror flicks. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, that's exactly what this is. What was your... I mean, you don't have to spill too many beans, but what was your first like impression of this movie? Were you like, fuck, this is a good movie or or how how did how did it come off to you at first were you were you astonished that you had taken so long to see it cuz this is an older movie this was bef- this was the same year as men in black yeah this was like 3 years after i was born yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, do you uh, like horror mm-hmm. films from this era usually like it was, like do you remember liking it from the first time you watched it i guess is the question like, yeah i really enjoyed it the first time i watched it mm-hmm. um it wasn't until like i watched it again recently that i realized hey there's a lot of things wrong with this movie but i still <laughs> love the hell out of it yeah. you know so when so. was the last time you saw it before this viewing before this viewing maybe like six months ago oh okay and so so fairly recent yeah. yeah a little fresh that's cool mm-hmm. okay um i want to say right from the get-go oh this is directed by paul ws uh anderson mm-hmm. who is <laughs> he is the director of most of the Resident Evil films. Yeah. And he's married to Mila Djokovic, yeah. which is the star of all of those films. Sounds about right. He directed the first one of those movies, the first Resident Evil, and mm-hmm. then he he directed four through six. And so that means he's missing three of them. Three <laughs> he missed out on three of those. And I'm 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 confused on why he didn't direct I know, them. right? <laughs> so the way I feel about Event Horizon is actually pretty much the same way I feel about the Resident Evil movies. Oh, you yes. like them? Yes, I enjoy them, but, you know, seeing them outside the eyes of, like, a 13-year-old, <laughs> uh, like, I understand now that these are some goofy-ass movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that there's seven Resident Evil movies? That's yeah. a bit much, yeah. <laughs> there's seven okay. Gear 8 games now. So. <laughs> I mean... Just that's, there's, like, that, 200 <laughs> Resident Evil games. <laughs> yeah, enough. like, with the, the offshoots and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he also directed the Monster Hunter movie that came out last year. Um, and he directed... There was something else. Oh, Alien vs. Predator. I wanted to bring that one up. The first one? Yeah, just Alien yeah. vs. Predator. Okay, yeah. yeah. AVP, I guess. I think there's cool. two of those. The, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, the second one's like Requiem. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Sorry. No, Requiem I just... Requiem of I a wanted Predator. To, <laughs> I wanted to say, first of all, oh, he also directed the Mortal Kombat movies, or one of them. The original Mortal Kombat movie. The first one, yeah. yeah. And so this is like a weird return to the grail for, for Kenny and I, because we covered the most recent 
Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. movie, and we also covered a previous yeah, in the Sam Neill <laughs> horror film in the Mouth of Madness, and so it's just kind of weird that we're like still revolving around this era yeah. of these types of movies. It seems like the things we're reviewing have been kind of like circulating, yeah. <laughs> or somehow the same spectrum uh, uh, against That's our exactly will. Right. Um, but but, yeah obviously paul damien you're the one who brought us this movie and you you kind of explained that you love it from like a childhood kind of point of view from your uncle bringing it to you this was my first time ever watching this movie have you seen this movie (laughs) no i hadn't seen this movie okay did you like it I did like this movie. You did like this yes. movie. Okay. I did not like this movie. Put <laughs> it out there at the beginning. So it's just not the kind of thing. It's the sound of the same reasons we'll get into on why I really didn't love In the Mouth of Madness, you know, which is a 1994 John Carpenter film. Um, but they have a, some similarities in the sense of exactly they're those very like campy horror films from like the mid 90s where they were just kind of i feel like they're writing the coattails of the 80s horror that was so popular Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to hit that mark that just is like and they're like oh we have all this new cgi and technology we can like throw out there now but it was at a time where those technologies were not perfected Mm -hmm. yet you know what i mean it's kind of like early uh mocap or early uh you know de-aging it's like we didn't quite get it just right before we started just throwing it out there you know what i mean so it's for those little reasons that i just don't personally love movies like this but i also didn't have a a lot of um exposure to them as a yeah. kid you know my parents definitely did not play shit like event horizon or <laughs> halloween or anything like that you yeah. know i grew up watching shit like the princess diaries <laughs> and uh i mean the princess bride is the one <laughs> to say that. both really yeah no too. honestly those <laughs> are both, gonna be real yeah those are both my mom's favorite movies <laughs> <laughs> my mom's favorite movie is letters from juliet if y'all have ever seen that movie i've never that. seen it's that. an amanda seyfried movie to give you all the plot just a little bit so it's a more recent movie Kind of. It's from, it's I mean, the after mid, 2000. Yeah, definitely after the 2000s. It's like mid 2000 or, you know, 2000s. But what the plot of the movie is, I think it's her grandmother. Mm-hmm. She finds a letter that a man had written her grandmother, like when they, she was super young. And it's like a, it's like a wrote, it's like a love letter that this guy wrote her in Italy or something, you know, like when her mom went on a trip or her grandmother went on a trip. And it's about her trying to hunt down this guy who wrote this letter to hook up her grandmother. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, it's my mom's favorite movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it sounds uh, really familiar. And of course, like finds her own romance through the, the oh, yeah shenanigans. Well, it yeah, sounds like a that sounds like a, a Parks and Rec episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it is a Parks and Rec episode, isn't it? Yeah, it should be. If it, that's, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> There's the whole episode where Leslie helps her mom, or they try to help her mom. Oh, here. that's right. So that's uh, so funny. He so Paul W S Anderson directed Alien vs Predator, mm-hmm. and this movie is. I want to describe it as if Alien was also Hellraiser. Yes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So, because, yeah, this the the set design in this movie is literally the two of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, it's at least. Like sci- or it's like space-themed Hellraiser. Yeah. yeah. And so, how do you, how do you, how, what was it that really drew you to this movie originally? Um, honestly, just the spookiness. Okay, and so. the sci-fi aspect. I love mm-hmm. sci-fi. I love, um black holes and stuff like that so, so it's like um, the spacey kind yes, of element to exactly. it all space horror versus then, just like and sam neil i was like oh he's the guy from jurassic park so. <laughs> and morpheus exactly right. i mean yeah mm-hmm. i felt like there was a couple of instances in this movie where i was like oh this this is kind of proto uh matrix almost you mm-hmm. know what i mean there was a lot uh, there was a couple of stylistic choices that i felt like and then the ending track it was like extremely matrix yeah. it was like a prodigy ripoff if not prodigy that's so true 
But uh, this movie is starring uh, Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Sam Neill. We'll just call him the captain and, <laughs> and the doctor. It, did they call him Skipper? I think I they call the captain have no Skipper, idea right? What his name is? Yeah, I couldn't honest. tell you what his name is either. <laughs> oh, okay, I think at some points they call him Skipper, but mm-hmm. it's it's a weird movie because they don't explicitly tell us who's the main character in this movie, Mm-mm. and we have to assume it's Sam Neill because he's the one that stands out. He's the one that's brand new aboard this ship, mm-hmm. and so we're like, okay, we're we're going to be following him on this journey. But towards the end of the movie, Sam Neill becomes the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. then it kind of shifts to Lawrence Fishburne basically being kind of our hero, and then yeah. even that, then it even shifts in the end where we have our the characters who end up surviving in the end. It's like, are they who we were supposed to be following along with this whole time? And I, th- I, I like that about this movie is that there's, it, it casts a wide net and it, there's only like, you know, eight people to focus on and that's mm-hmm. all you need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, how do you, how do you feel about the characters in this movie? Well, I, yeah, I definitely agree with y'all are talking about, but to me, the main character is the ship. Oh. Everything has to do about the ship. And technically you learn later on more about the ship and the fact that it's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I feel like that's the main character, yeah. although you're not going to, be able to build on that you know like you can't show character development with a ship. ship i mean yeah. it, it's got quite a bit of character yeah. development it started off as an inanimate object and <laughs> turned into a torturing machine you know that's, like, that's quite the arc let yeah. me read the plot synopsis that is given to us by crow underscore steve at hotmail.com good job crow he <laughs> says or well i'm assuming gender here mm-hmm. they, they say, say. <laughs> <laughs> a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board and that's that's yeah. pretty much all you need to know going into this movie yes if you had to know anything at all yeah mm-hmm. i i, I w- kind of wish we had watched the trailer oh before doing this pull, yeah. pull it up you want to watch the trailer real yeah. quick i'm sure. going to pull it up on the it's kind of goofy Oh, it it's like a, it's like a trailer? '90s trailer yeah, where it's like it. something spook goes on in the night. It has like a narrator or something. Yeah. Yes. Speaking. Oh, we don't we don't have a uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Right oh, oh it. damn it! <laughs> I was gonna pull it up on here, and then we could have played the audio through the soundboard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was very '90s of a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like Sam Neill's performance in this movie? Let me let me to ask this to question Ken, question to Kenny. Do you feel like this? performance in this movie by Sam Neill was something that he kind of carried over from in the mouth of Mandis. Yeah, I did I guess I never realized Sam Neill did so many of these kind of movies during this time period and that it's obviously something he must have really enjoyed doing whereas like these kind of like you know scary uh psychological thrillers is even what I'll kind of call them in a way, you know, yeah. um for what they are, you know. Um <laughs> But yeah, I definitely feel like he carried over a lot of that, like like uh, mine, especially towards the second half of this uh, movie, where he starts basically being, you know, kind of controlled by the mm-hmm. ship. You know, yeah, um, a lot of that like madness and like losing it was definitely very translated over, and you got a lot of that like kind of yeah, uh, unhinged Sam Neill. Um, that was a, yeah, I could definitely uh, still feel uh, myself watching in the mouth of madness a little bit. Yeah, but this is a much more fleshed out character in a way. I feel like you know what I mean. Yeah. I think this character had a little bit more of a a personality than I think he did in the mouth of madness, which is that's more of a character kind of just going through it. You know what I mean? Right. Where this is more of someone who starts off as once again who we think is kind of our protagonist, but slowly turns into our antagonist, and yeah. you know we see that he's got more you know ulterior motives than what we initially think which is just trying to get his ship back you know do you think um 
because both of them at the beginning of this movie are very like, well, let's let's think this rationally. Mm-hmm. Like in in the mouth of madness, that's what he's trying to do for everything. Is yeah. like, let's think about this rationally. In this movie, he's like, well, I'm a man of science. I can probably. It, you know, better explain what's going on in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he tries to explain explain everything practically. Right. And that's one thing I liked Lawrence Fishburne's character in this movie is it's something you don't usually get a lot of in horror films like this, is which is someone who's really willing to, like, take a step away from it all and think rationally about what's going on because we get that whole scene where they're all talking about the hallucinations they start to see. And, of course, you know, Sam Neill is, like, trying to explain it away. And he's like, no, 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 no. We have all individually had an experience. Something is going on. We're just going to cover that here. There's never that moment where everyone's like, oh, okay, maybe we're all just fucking crazy, you know? Like, which is how I feel these movies normally go, which is everyone still has that way of doubt, you know, that level of doubt which it's like flushed out with the captain where he's like nah fuck that some fucking weird shit's going on here all right that's it (laughs) so one of my favorite lines from Lawrence fishburne in the movie Uh is honestly i think it was dubbed in because it sounds like it's a different type of audio Uh um but there's a part where he's just like fuck this shit (laughs) (laughs) like way louder than the rest of the audio i love how aggressive (laughs) he gets towards the ship towards the end once he realizes it's causing everything yeah he's like i'm gonna blow this motherfucker up and of course it's gonna react to that idiot you just found out it's alive why would you start plotting its demise inside of it (laughs) i like that the uh the ship's name that they're aboard originally is called the lewis and clark Mm -hmm. yes i loved that name the little rescue ship and so they they aboard this ship and they go to the event horizon Mm -hmm. and it's not until they're outside of stasis that they finally understand what their mission is yeah mm-hmm. how fucked up is that very that's yeah. also reminiscent of alien isn't mm-hmm. it yeah they went two months out it basically i think it was 56 days yeah, yeah. it was 56 yeah. days it's of crazy. travel to get to whatever what planet is even jupiter that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you don't know obama <laughs> what's it called also one of the my favorite things is at the very beginning it said 2015 Oh right, moon base. The, we that we established a permanent moon base. <laughs> so I was like, "Dang, I wish that would be awesome." Dude, they were so optimistic in the eighties and nineties <laughs> yeah. on where we were going to be. Do you feel like those uh, beginning cards where it gives us like all the different like staples of of years of importance? Do you feel like any of that was necessary? Um, just to let you know that. Um, the ship disappeared at what date? I think oh, the true. only reason I thought it was yeah. relevant was so that we understood why all these characters had a, such an aggressive opinion about the event horizon. Uh, like, yeah. when they first find out that's what they're finding, they're all like, oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? We That reaction would have made sense if it wasn't such a, like, public thing that this ship had disappeared. You know what I mean? So that was the one thing I was like, I guess that we that exposition was, like, you know, story necessary exactly yeah. um, for where we was going to go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like... It's a it's a good idea. I like the idea of, you know, where this story goes and I my only issue with like where these horror films tend to lead to is like, okay, awesome. We get a ship that can travel, you know, we get the whole poke the hole through the paper thing to yeah. explain making a war pole, you <laughs> Do know. You think this was the Everything. first time they did that? I would be interested to know what the first time that was ever done on uh a in movie media? in yeah. the media was but it has to be a pretty early one you know what i mean i feel but like this might have been the first one i thought the 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 hyperdrive looked dope i loved the heart of the ship oh, and how the, you know and how it spun around yeah, the, itself and i thought that was such a cool practical the design core. yeah the core yeah. Yeah. It, was it was a such, gravity driver yeah something there you like go that. all of those mm-hmm. things i think are they, correct they, to what it is literally <laughs> named it like three different things i swear I to god every single one of those because he calls it the heart of the ship but it is a core and it's also a gravity drive yeah it has like three magnetic rings that float around 
in it was beautiful. back of black hole. And the whole part where who is the character? Is it Johnny? Is that the character we There's, initially see that goes into it? It gets sucked Justin. into just Justin. Justin gets sucked into it right at the beginning. I love that idea that it's like become like a sentient thing that can like turn itself on and pull someone in like that and it's like a black hole that like sucks you in and we learn it brings you into this other dimension all that is sick every idea about that is sick and i like the idea that even the whole ship got transported there and has now become i mean as weird as evil dimensions can be you know it's like cool the ship has come back alive why does all it do is like make hallucinations and torture the people on board of it i think what is it getting out of that i think it literally goes to hell i think it like gets personified within hell is the idea but even beyond that like demons have reasons for torturing people it's not just like well they for the chaos of it all you know what i mean uh, but they they kind of talk about like uh, it being a world of chaos Mm -hmm. like they also say the chaos of it all yeah Yeah, they also say hell but they also talk about it being like a world just a pure chaos Mm -hmm. so it we say hell because that's the closest thing that we can relate it oh, to. Oh, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. But it so could just be anything. So this this is a it's lot. Just, it's a, like a lazy, I guess, reason for why our characters are going through what they're going, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this thing's just pure evil and just tortures whatever well, <laughs> a living is near at the end. You know? like It's exactly like um, In the Mouth of Madness, mm-hmm. where it's like this. It, it doesn't do a good job as, as, as that movie, though, where it's basically like this. This. Uh, like eldritch like horror this cosmic thing that exists outside of anything that we can like perceive perceive exactly and so i i that's one thing that i wish this movie had tried to do better Mm -hmm. was like maybe explain sam neill's like why he built the gravity drive and maybe Mm -hmm. he he was speaking to like a cthulhu type thing on the other side that told him build this thing Mm -hmm. and you'll be rewarded and so I wish we got that. I yeah, wish there was exactly. something like that. And in this even movie. more motivation on why he would be exactly become so more hell bent on willing to help it beyond just like saving his creation. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. obviously he should equally realize this thing's fucked up and it's like fucking everybody, including himself, up. You yeah. know? Like- well, I think it has to also do with the hallucinations because mm-hmm. he also started hallucinating about his, his wife. dead wife oh, right. who killed herself because he was never around. And now. The ship is essentially pretending to be her. Yeah. And then just telling him, hey, you can stay here with me forever. Yeah. I mean, that's so an that's easy way to, to sway yeah. his, mm-hmm. yeah, his exactly. like, base psyche. Love, man. We'll do fucked up shit for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Justin for a second. Yes. He, he is played by, let me see, Jack Noseworthy. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah, you so. <laughs> Isn't that the guy from Family Guy with like That's the giant nose? He can't talk right. He's like, mur, 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 mur. that should be his name. Um, but so Justin is the first person to experience these eldritch horrors mm-hmm. or this other realm of chaos. He gets to go there. Right? Yeah. yeah, he goes. And, straight and there. I think that the movie tries to portray it as close to like how I guess like. Uh, <laughs> You know, stuff from the 90s was portraying hell at the time, like Doom and shit like that, where it's like very fucked up, very bloody, very gory, red. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... uh, Murder and cannibalism and, you know, (laughs) horrible violence. Yeah. And so Justin comes back from it. And one thing that I I immediately knew or saw upon watching this film was that his acting wasn't wonderful. Yeah. But upon return... His acting was pretty fucking good. Yeah, he's great at laying there and acting like a fucking dead guy. <laughs> um, but no, I I thought he did a really good job. Like in the being, airlock? Yeah, in the airlock. Because even in the airlock when he's like begging or when he like 
snaps out of it or the idea of it is that oh, he snaps yeah. out of it, you still don't truly know what he's like mm-hmm. really yeah. saying or like, meaning. Did you know? he snap out of it yeah. or is this just trying to save itself or, you know, yeah. or like abusing them psychologically even deeper? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, I, I think that that aspect works really well. I thought it was fucking ridiculous. He survived. <laughs> I will <laughs> I, just put that. Well, you, can, you can survive without a suit for up to two minutes in space. <sighs> even really? still. Why was that yes. necessary? The problem is though that they didn't show well because they probably didn't know um was that like in zero gravity where there's no pressure in space uh water boils just instantaneously so all the water on your tongue and your eyeballs that'll all start boiling yeah i mean they they do a thing in this in this movie a trope where it's like eyeless you know what i mean yeah. they remove the eyes and so it's it's kind of a mistake that they didn't do that with justin as well because we mm-hmm. see him bleeding from his eyes in zero gravity for a scene and there's but, a bunch of people without eyes in this movie so. yeah. <laughs> yeah why not oh man this movie okay so let's talk about that aspect of this movie this movie is a lot like hellraiser when it comes to the gore mm-hmm. and the um, the grotesqueness of it all. Once again, not my cup of tea. Yeah, and Kenny's like, that's that's where, yeah, he, he taps out a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> do you think that that was a plus for this movie, or do you think that they could have done something a little bit, I don't know, because like, I want to compare this to Annihilation, mm. where Annihilation does gore things. Have you seen Annihilation? Mm, I don't think so. That's the okay. one with Natalie Portman. No. No? Where she goes into the bubble. <laughs> No. no. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But okay. anyway, the, but, we have those kind of body horror kind yeah, of but moments. Annihilation does it in like an otherworldly type of way mm-hmm. as to where this movie does it where it's like, no, we're just going to like cut the yeah. the full open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Paul Damien? Did that appeal to you first time around? Well, I've never really cared too much about gore. It kind of grosses me out too. Um, but I I mean, I think it was just like the the era of yeah. the movies that mm-hmm. that's, that's why true. it's like that so i can accept it you yeah. know what i mean i can Slashers, accept it and still watch yeah. it yeah yeah because it, it's very body horror mm-hmm. yeah especially like when we get those like flashes of like the other you know when we see what happened to the other crew we finally get that moment where i guess like the video finally ca- the video log catches up on what happened mm-hmm. to him and there's like a few moments where it like shows them like eating each other yeah. and shit and the <laughs> captain's holding out his two eyes yeah. do you remember that yeah that's insane. That's that's a lot like Annihilation mm-hmm. when they find the found footage of Oscar Isaac's crew that went in before them. And it was same well, kind of, And we have that same effect where it's almost like their bodies have been like splattered against the wall. We have all their bl- veins and then they're scrolling. Mm-hmm. And I really like that effect. But we never got an explanation on how the fuck they ended up <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's one thing that I read in trivia for this, this movie uh-huh. is that there was – this movie was 30 minutes longer. And the studio asked – Paul W.S. Anderson to cut the movie down 30 minutes and to make it less gory. Oh, okay. And so I think there's a lot of stuff we're missing. That got left like, on the floor. <laughs> there's even flashes that, that Lawrence Fishburne's character sees whenever he's fighting like the Burning Man where mm. you see like his crew like tied up with like barbed wire and shit like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, what the fuck was going on there? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that there was a cut of this movie where we see them kind of glimpse into their own hells and, mm-hmm. they, and we see them all fucked up like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, it's, it's funny that you called him the burning man uh-huh. because in my notes, 
I have him as Fire Ghost. <laughs> Fire Ghost, yeah. Both cool, actually. Let's talk about the effects for Fire Ghost mm-hmm. in this movie. I thought they were pretty rad. You did? Yes. Okay. I My favorite part with Fire Ghost is when that door's closing and Lawrence Flishburne... Jumps through? Jumps through. I said Flishburne. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he jumps through and then he just like... The, the fire, like, ball, whatever. Yeah. His flamethrower power. He used flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> um, funnels through it and, like, like focuses on a single point. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was neat. Um, yeah. I felt like he could have been scarier. Yeah. I felt like every time I saw him, I just saw, like, old Greg or something like that. <laughs> just like, Greg. like, just a mess of makeup. That... I literally saw Pennywise torturing the uh, Mike Han- Hanlon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. really where I got the vibes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. This is a lot like you know it which mm-hmm. is also like a cosmic horror Those type thing personal mm-hmm. psychological horrors coming to surface yeah yeah that's I think crazy i i also really enjoyed when he morphed into sam neil oh. i i thought they did a pretty good job with that given like the time oh, yeah I, about that. I was like wait what all right now i know what you're talking mm-hmm. about yeah no that's that's a good that's a good point the the special effects suffered like massively when Cooper was launched out into space. Yes. <laughs> we haven't talked a lot on Cooper and I feel like Cooper was meant to be the character that like the bro character that you're uh-huh. really supposed to attach onto and the one you want to root for. You know, I you like Cooper in this movie. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Did he die? <laughs> no. No, he's, no, he's he one of the survive, right? yeah. it's Cooper, Justin, and uh Stark. Stark yeah, that survived. Right. It's just those three, that's right. But and, in my notes I put that um because I was just taking notes as yeah. as the movie went on. And um, I put that Cooper gets launched off into space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Cooper returns in time to die. And then I put Cooper's alive. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really wanted us to think like, oh, that guy's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like when we see him like tra- traveling back, then we don't see him again for I think it's like maybe like 10 or more minutes or so. And literally at one point they were like fighting and it's kind of a, how are they going to get out of this situation? I was like, we're supposed to, I literally said out loud, I was like, we're supposed to have forgotten about Cooper and all of this. <laughs> yeah. And then, sure enough, like as like the words came out of mouth, he yeah. busts through a window and gets involved in the scene. So I was like, there it is, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about uh, Event Horizon. I almost called it In the Mouth of Madness. I know. I was trying to think of the name. Yeah, the boys are back. And we're still talking about Event Horizon. Um, This movie is a doozy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, in the mouth of madness, like we're just gonna keep bringing these two up and comparing them, yeah. really, even though you don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I think that movie is like ninety minutes long, right? They're the same length. They're the same length. Okay, that movie felt its length. This movie felt much longer in my opinion really yes i it, was the exact opposite this movie mm. would not fucking end for me wow <laughs> I, guess I felt like this movie breezed right on by really? for me yeah i watched, didn't enjoy it i ended up watching <laughs> this movie on three different screens because you were just like i have to stop right here yeah i needed to like move and like change location so like, that's to, incredible so yeah i watched it like throughout several different mediums and maybe that even is part of the problem why it felt like it took forever to get through you know what i mean yeah but, um yeah, I don't know. That That's was... very interesting. I felt like In the Mouth of Madness, 
I think it's because In the Mouth of Madness takes place upon a wide variety of sets mm-hmm. as to where this movie really only has like two or three big sets. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It would have made me interested to have watched them a little bit closer together to see like the directing style choices between like John Carpenter and someone like, you know, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. Um, because they're both obviously the same I- idea of movie, you know, our style of movie, yeah. which exactly is like this sci-fi kind of horror, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, exactly hell just on the other side, you know, kind of thing, but very differently delivered to us, you know what I mean? And I think Paul W.S. Anderson really wanted to ride the coattails of Alien in the sense of like, I want to create this crew of characters, yeah. I'm going to give them all very specific personality types um and then so that you bond to at least one or the other you know at least one of them will stand out to somebody you know what i mean mm. and then fucking just put them through hell and have them all and die and basically give you a guessing game of who's going to make it out of this you know one big difference that i saw a lot in this movie compared to alien is that alien does a lot with isolating their characters mm-hmm. like they'll singularly put one character have to go through this one trauma where i felt like this movie we saw the crew interact a whole lot throughout the whole movie you mm-hmm. know what i mean especially yes. because we have multiple survivors by the end of it true and so i i kind of paraded this movie for that because it wasn't like uh oh here's this here's this scene where this character dies and then it's just kind of like it kind of flip-flops where it's like character death uh where's that character character death you know what i mean yeah, yeah. No, and I so this movie was like like they were all kind of like constantly like where the fuck is you know Cooper where is this person you yeah. know what I mean and I kind of like that about this movie um, no this movie definitely didn't give you like a oh this person's definitely about to die right now or oh this person's definitely about to die right now you kind of never knew who was going to survive what situation or how it's, intense any situation was actually going to get you know yeah. what I mean it's kind of like a game of Among Us um, <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah it's actually very true and especially yeah. like this, the medical scene where Justin like disappears like the very obvious where she paces back and mm-hmm. forth twice and then he's gone the next time i was like oh fuck is he about to kill this bitch you know like i was yeah. convinced like that was about to be a murder scene you yeah. know what i mean so it's like things like, and then it was just like oh it was his murder scene is what we yeah. came to find out <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost murder yeah <laughs> yeah no th- this movie did subvert a lot of expectations there's one way. actor we're not talking about and i wanted to talk about his character because i liked him a lot he's like the pilot of is okay show. the pilot okay um, what is his name and what is the actor's name because there's smitty smith smitty i'm talking about sean Pert- pertwee him is he's he does a great job i love him he was what, like probably my what else character. is he in i've i've he felt ah sorry yeah he, he looks so familiar face, he was in equilibrium he that's was where in, i know him from okay so paul damien no offense <laughs> you know a lot of this like late 90s yes. early 2000s like pseudo matrix him. would you blame your uncle for that 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 you, yes that both that of, actually both of these movies i I heard of them from my uncle. Yeah. So he was very into like this 90s kind of yeah. like horror, like psychological, or not psychological, but like sci-fi kind of uh, concept. Sometimes psychological. Yeah, well, yeah. that was really where most of the good like sci-fi and stuff like that um, was originally. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you got to remember, I heard about this maybe like early 2000s, yeah. mid-2000s. So, like, obviously I was little <laughs> yeah you know it's weird to see these sci-fi movies and see how many there were from the era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i think superheroes kind of upended the whole idea of like big sci-fi mm-hmm. you know what i yes. mean because like from here it, it seems like the box office can only hold so much of the genre and superhero is literally sci-fi you know what i mean yes i think the only other thing that's good right now that people are willing to watch that sci-fi is um alien like yeah. aliens 
things alien related mm-hmm. because there's a whole lot of talk about aliens right now. Yes. So. And space is just so big, you know? It's yeah, just it's just so, so large. <laughs> how many, um, how many like hard, not hard sci-fi because this isn't hard sci-fi. This is no. easy sci-fi. Yeah, this is easy sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much sci-fi horror exists nowadays? You know what I mean? Like That's we, what I was even mm. just kind of contemplating sitting here thinking about is like, you're, I think you're right is like, I almost feel that maybe superheroes or those kind of mediums took sci-fi away from horror because you don't see a lot of sci-fi yeah. horror anymore. Yeah. Or, I mean, like what, Brightburn? <laughs> like yeah. I'm like trying to think out loud, like, okay, what's something that had to do with space and is literally, you know, Annihilation is yeah. another kind of closer example. Be, or, but then like um, horror film addicts would piss on that movie, you know what I mean? As it not being horror, you know? Even though it follows the archetype of the horror film. Absolutely. Um, so it's like people want... You know, we don't have a lot of like the exactly John Carpenter horror film, and we do. I mean, you don't really see a lot of that anymore. But like, exactly, like I want to see like The Conjuring, but aliens. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that would be dope. Yeah, um, uh, like right now, like I was saying, the most is Alien, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Like that's. I guess, I guess those movies are still going on. Yeah, yeah. You, like, do you the, mean specifically from... Xenomorph Aliens? Yeah. Yes, like oh, okay. the the I thought you meant like, like Alien. I thought you meant like uh. You meant like. <laughs> I thought you meant like X Files. Yeah, I mean, just like I mean, there's just no other movies around like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess there was Star Trek not that long ago. But the I mean, Star Trek horror. movies, dude, the Star oh, yeah, Trek movies horror. don't fucking do like, anything anymore. They don't make yeah. any kind of money. I feel so bad for those movies. <laughs> it doesn't make anything, any kind of sense either. <laughs> I, if anything, I think it's because that that fan base will always be loyal to the old content. There's like, it's like impossible to make Star Trek content that yeah. anybody will ever accept. Because like, I will yeah. literally watch it. But I, I'm not going to go back and watch the old shows. I don't, I don't know why. I just don't care. Really? I think yeah. the, what is it, the next generation, I think is pretty good. I've I watched mean, a good handful. I was maybe just talking about this with just, a table. I'm not even joking really? around. I was pretending like I knew shit about Star Trek. And I was like, oh, yeah, next generation is the good one if you're going to watch one. <laughs> they were like, oh, this you're, guy knows. You're right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm more about the wars, though, you know? And then I showed him my arm. Star, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm good all about one. them Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Trek Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trek through the stars. I... I, I rage war. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about Sam Neill. Because Sam yes. Neill is huge because of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't... Was he in Jurassic Park 3? Yes. He was? Yes. He skipped the second one and then he returned yes, for the third one. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Because his, his, according to IMDb, his big four uh, films that he's known for are Hunt for the Wilder People, nice. Event Horizon, nice. mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, nice. and Jurassic mm-hmm. Park 3. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park 2 was with Cool Dad. Right. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember his name, but if Jeff you watch Goldblum? it, you'll... Got oh, yeah, thing, it was Jeff Goldblum. Uh, and he was Cool, he was cool oh, Dad in that. I like Cool Dad. That's that's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Okay. That was actually <laughs> Jeff Goldblum scatting. <laughs> Speaking of Jeff Goldblum, I rewatched Thor Ragnarok recently, uh-huh. and I really loved his character. Yeah. No, yeah. the Grandmaster? I just didn't realize how much I loved him as the Grandmaster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Killed Sam Neill's in that movie, too. Really? Yeah, he plays the actor playing Odin, I think. Oh, that's right. I was like, what? I'm pretty sure. What? Now I'm curious. Let's find out. Let's find out. We need a button. This oh, you're say. talking about the actor. Like when in, Loki's yeah, he's putting Loki on the play, play, like where Matt Damon that is really, in the movie. Is yeah. that really Sam Neill? I hope it is. Uh, let's find out. If you're wrong, I will cry. Yep, actor Odin. That would be nice. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> we didn't know your shit. Yeah, so we didn't I didn't know your Neil. No, because yeah. I remember watching that and I was like, 
oh, this is a secret Jurassic Park reunion. It just needs Laura Dern somehow. <laughs> <laughs> what if she were to run out as Frigga or something? Yeah, yeah that would have been dope if she was Frigga. Oh, God. Um, that would have been Frigga dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but Sam Neill, I feel like, you know, obviously he got huge off of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but then his he's also known for this movie, Event Horizon, and then he worked with John Carpenter with In the Mouth of Madness. Do you think he was like oh, it's monster movies from here on out. That's the big thing. Like, because Jurassic Park hit big Maybe. with him. Do you yeah. think that's why he took In the Mouth of Madness and uh, Event Horizon so on? they're different from each other. And I have to believe, like, Steven Spielberg was so different than, you know, working uh, John with Carpenter. John Carpenter was, <laughs> which John Carpenter was like, all right, I want this is going to be a bloody scary scene with spooky <laughs> stuff, you know? Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to think. I It's like one of those things I have to believe this was just a genre that he probably always loved or was interested in. And yeah. maybe riding on the coattails of Jurassic Park just gave him these opportunities. Where That's true. Directors like John Carpenter were looking at him like, hey, I'll use you. You know what I mean? Can you act crazy in a hinge? And he was like, fuck yeah, I'll turn my Jack Nicholson on. You know? Do you think Do you think In the Mouth of Madness helped him get this role? Yeah, probably. If I, I had can to guess imagine. So. I believe that wholeheartedly. But I also believe that Jurassic Park probably helped open a thousand <laughs> doors yeah. for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, every, yeah. From that moment on, it was kind of like uh, how we talked about Meryl Streep and how they basically gave her like writing power and stuff over the deer hunter. Like, yeah. um, he, they were probably like, "Dude, you you showed your shit. You 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 want this? You want this? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure his freaking agent was like swamped. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy to me? It, it's crazy that you said that. This is one of his most known movies, like one of the movies that he's most known for. Mm-hmm. Um, but only because like every time I've ever talked to somebody about this movie, they've they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and well, not gonna lie, I not a it. lot of people know Sam Neill like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and a funny thing is, is we were getting this movie mixed up because we were convinced Tillian Murphy was in this Cillian. movie, or Cillian Murphy was in this movie, and we were thinking it was Sunshine. That's the movie we uh, were thinking about. You know, I, didn't, I was going I didn't to know, suggest that, that movie. movie yeah, that's the well, <laughs> you were going to suggest that movie as well. Yes, but I, I realized later because I was like, we thought he was in this movie, but it's too old. It, yeah. It's too old for him to even be in. So then I was looking into it. I was like, we were thinking of Sunshine. Wow, which, I've yeah. never heard of Sunshine. Sunshine mm-hmm. is very similar to Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. They just have different missions, basically. <laughs> Interesting. I think you've told me about both of these movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably around the time you watched them, too. Yeah, what year did probably. that movie come out? Sunshine like came out 2007. <sighs> yeah. And that one has Rose Byrne and Chris Evans in it. Chris Evans in that movie? Dude, uh, is Chris Evans the one who Cillian. goes crazy in that movie? It is. Or I think it's uh, he also goes by Killian, maybe? Killian, I think that is. But yeah. I think it's Cillian. Killian Murphy. Um, and then Benedict Wong is also in that film, Ooh. Sunshine. It's directed by the same guy that directed uh, Slumdog Millionaire, 28 mm. Days Later, and 127 Hours. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. He makes very intense movies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All of those are very psychologically stressful movies. Yes. Exactly. It's like, holy shit, how are we going to get the fuck out of this? You know? <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. Dude, have you ever seen Slumdog Millionaire? No. It's a pretty good one, too. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, so Event Horizon. People hate that movie, too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Event Horizon. The event Do on the you horizon. still adore this movie after this viewing? Oh yes, yeah, I I love this movie like to death. This is an amazing movie to me. 
Um, like I said, like previous before the podcast, like I understand everything has its faults. There's mm-hmm. always somebody with an opinion, but I still love this movie to death. Do you like, like that? I, it, I know that it's bad. <laughs> do you like that it ends so open ended with basically like the ooh, it could still be going on? You yeah, know where, I mean? <laughs> where, the, where it closes, the door closes. Yeah. Do you like that it ends that way? Like, did you kind of want like an Event Horizon two at some point in your life, or you're like happy with like no. the open ended of like I'm, that's what that's it? I'm fine with the open endedness because that gives. Um, it gives a lot of leeway for fans mm-hmm. to like just kind of think about what they want to happen. Like, I think it would be really cool if, let's say, um, in that right after the movie, they take the ship back to Earth, you know, and then something happens where the rest of the ship jumps back mm-hmm. and it's just trying to find its head, you know. What if the what if the ship Earth. took all of Earth yeah. to the Chaos Realm? Exactly. And then Shao Kahn was there. Yeah. <laughs> and Galactus. <laughs> and then they just had a Mortal Kombat yeah. tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think this movie could be remade? Uh, yes. And as to what y'all were talking about earlier, um, I wouldn't, if I were to remake this movie, I would make it less grotesque and obviously make it longer so that way you could flush out more characters. Mm-hmm. Um but I would make it more of a psychological thriller, dude. Than anything, I agree. Less horror, more thriller, because that's what's that's what's in nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. And I think I would want to give the ship, I think, more of a reason for doing what it's doing. If like, if it's not necessarily pinning the crew against itself, exactly. Maybe like particularly trying to take over like the doctor or the captain mm-hmm. or something like that so that it can guide it get itself guided to like a populated area or something yeah. that it oh, wants to do yeah. you know what i mean like but i just want you... a little bit more like fleshed out rationale on why mm-hmm. our well, characters are being fucked with so hard you what, know what about I mean? uh what about um i'm blanking on the movie now annihilation mm-hmm. what if it was just like the that. thing from Annihilation mm-hmm. where it doesn't really have any real reason so and it's true. just kind of consuming because that's what's in its nature. If anything, it's it's not necessarily learning from the environment around it or just like naturally reacting to whatever's going on because it's nothing it even understands mm-hmm. or even perceives. Like it doesn't yeah. even realize people are on board of its shit maybe, you know, it's like they're being tortured because it's its body reacting like it's got oh, a virus inside of it or something. That's Don't they do mention that? something they talk about. I, was like, I just realized yeah, that, that now they like mention- antibodies yeah. fighting off an infection. Exactly. So it's like the antibodies of the ship just fucking with them. But then once again, I would love to see that more fleshed out. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe yeah. something a little bit more like physically, you know, like uh, uh, affecting them. You know? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think that this movie would be cool to be remade personally. Mm, yeah. I, I think, would love it. I think, yeah, I think that would be dope. I would want Sam Neill to still play his character. <laughs> just Honestly, an old doctor. He's like an old scientist. You know, what like if it's really? a, a remake they get everybody? And a sequel. <laughs> yes. What if, like, it doesn't explain why Sam Neill's there, and then it's like... Or I'm... Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. No, well, no, it's just Sam Neill. <laughs> it's just Sam Neill, and it's a remake in a different universe, a different version of the universe, yeah. and he's like, I'm I'm trying to get back to my drive. Can you help me? And it's because he's, like, a piece of the other thing on the other side of the black hole, and he wants to be reunited, and so that's the whole driving force. See, that's cool. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't even explain that it's a sequel. It's just Sam Neill is that 
like cut off piece from the this movie. You know what I mean? And they yeah, could so just you call can it, theorize. Yeah. <laughs> they could just call it the event horizon or something. You know, Dude. like not even event horizon two or anything cheesy yeah. like that. Just add a the, you know, and then there you go. It's its whole own movie. That's, That's also something that I really like about the movie is just the name yeah. Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Cause it has to do with a black hole. The event event horizon is yeah. the boundary of the black hole. It's like the edges of it. No, yeah. it was like a very yeah clever name of the yeah. ship, you know, yeah. Yeah, the ships are dope named. Yeah. yeah. The Event Horizon and the Lewis and Clark. That's so dope. And I thought the art design of the event horizon was really cool because mm-hmm. i like the idea that exactly like basically the engine and everything is just so powerful that you need to kind of keep yeah the crew and everything like Separate. separated from it so it has to have like this long shaft yeah. of you know space to kind of keep those two things there was a lot of each other. really cool ideas in this mm-hmm. movie um do we want to talk about any specific deaths because they're all kind of fucked up yeah yeah lady um, dies because she thinks she's following her son Oh, dude, that was that was oh, really yeah. sad. She's like the first like death, death, huh? Like she's the first one um, that like truly dies. I think, I think you're right because like think, Justin just gets fucked up real bad yeah, twice. Basically, yeah. the military guy. Um, Wait, what was the military guy? Um, Sam Neil like cuts him open and like guts. Oh, him. that's the uh, that's the trauma doctor. Oh, yes, okay, yeah. and that happens after. That's like way later on. The yeah. woman. Dies. When did the explosion happen then? Oh, because that was Smitty died Smitty in, the, dies in the explosion. That's still later that's on. Still later still, on? Yeah, that's still later on. That's after. Yeah. Oh, that's after uh, I guess she is the first. Mm-hmm. Sam Neill like peels out his eyes and like takes the bomb on board. Yeah, he's, oh, okay, he's already right. like the monster version of himself. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. Like looking back at this movie, it happens. It feels like it's just going. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nonstop. Definitely. Um, how do you guys feel about the whole uh, stasis stuff? Because like they were floating in water rather mm-hmm. than like put in. Yeah, I felt like it was more like Star Warsy, exactly yeah. of like the the height, you know the. It looked real. Chamber, Do you yeah. think they were actually in there with like some oxygen? Yeah. No, maybe it looked real. I mean, me. it looked pretty good, but I think it was just like body. There was a couple shots, especially at the beginning, where I, I guess it was Cooper in one of the pods, and it looked really fake. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just looked weird. It just looked like a blob of a person. Um, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. They had. Sam Neill's character admit that he was claustrophobic at the very beginning, and then that was mm-hmm. never a thing. Like, yeah, he didn't have to get in a suit or anything. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was going to be like an apparent, you know. When he goes into the tunnel, he starts kind of freaking out, but he oh. doesn't freak out until something happens. Yeah, like, dude. yeah, he should have been like, I don't, I have I to go in here, this. but yeah. I, I'm the only one who knows how to do it, so I guess that, I'll do it. That you know? tunnel being the, I guess, the outer edge or like the encasement of the gravity mm-hmm. drive, that tunnel where it's like just motherboards as yeah. the walls and, and it floor. looks sick it looks so sick dude yeah. but it makes no fucking yeah, sense it's so dumb. as being it's the so edge of the the gravity drive yeah. you know what i mean like it's so weird and i love that he just pulled out like one panel <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. sparking a little bit he's like there's the problem and on top like, of that you could tell that there's so many like corridors and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and he just happens to go to the right one you know exactly where yeah, to go yeah exactly Fuck. you know what this movie reminds me of and i never i've never seen it but i've seen very i've seen a lot of enough of it of, yeah is cube have you, oh, have I've, you seen, I've seen never Cube? watched all no. of Cube, but I've seen scenes and bits from it. And see, it's one of those things they played on TV back when I was young, and I got to watch it with like commercials or something, and all. So I like, was missing it because of commercial parts of it, commercials and parts of it because I was horrified of what I was experiencing. Yeah, Cube is like the is like Hellraiser. It's mm-hmm. like it's even kind of like the predecessor to Saw, where it's like a bunch of people are trapped in this thing and they're having to try and figure out their way out. Through like obstacles. Please don't and ever stuff make me like watch that. that movie. I don't. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was Cube Two. I watched a scene when I was very young, and it impressed on me 
pretty heavily, and it's of this guy who is throwing his shoe into the next corridor as he travels through the cubes. I know exactly what you're yeah, talking dude. about. Hmm. And I I remember watching it and being like, holy shit, because I think he jumps down after throwing his shoe in there and he gets like cut up or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like he like tests it. He like throws the shoe to test it and it like the shoe's fine. So then he jumps in and he just like immediately like slaughters him, right? And yeah. it just like cuts him into like a bunch of pieces and everyone's like, you know, it's like fuck. It's just At least that's what I remember. It reminds disturbing. me of Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know a scene you're talking about. Yes. But yeah, Cube's fucking terrifying, and I think that oh. that concept really scares me because I hate the idea of like being trapped somewhere that's torturing you. You know what I mean? Even beyond Saw, which is like a being rationalized, which is like you did something shitty in your life, and now you have to solve this puzzle <laughs> or die. Yeah. This is just like I don't even understand why the fuck I just got teleported here, and it's killing. All of us in the worst ways I've ever experienced. You know? Do you guys want to talk about anything else? Yeah, let's do. You, have... these, what, you got any other notes that you wanted to? You got a lot of notes, so I was incredibly curious what all else you had written down over there. It was basically just like everything we've already talked about. Pieces right? of the okay. movie, yeah. yeah, just parts of the movie. Um, oh, the trauma doctor's name was actually DJ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go, DJ. Hey, yo, uh, DJ. So here's something I would ask you: like, if you were gonna try to like convince someone to watch this movie kind of like me someone who would be a little bit against like an older scary mm. 90s movie like this you know what i mean how would how do you think you'd be like how would you promote it like how would you convince I, them to try to watch i it? talk about the science aspect mm-hmm. of it because a lot of people are just interested in stuff like that so i just talk about how it's about a ship that disappeared and it comes back i give them as little detail but enough to make them to want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know what when I mean? You, when you originally told me about this movie, that's all you pretty much told me. Yes. Was that it's, it, you described, you explained a black hole to me, yeah. which yeah. I already knew exactly what a black hole was. Yeah, but I'm a mansplainer. <laughs> you just got to pump <laughs> a hole through a piece of paper. Yeah. It's a black hole. And then, <laughs> and then, um, that's exactly right. <laughs> and then you went ahead and told me that it, it went to hell and came back and it was, and I was like, oh, it's a horror film? And you're like, yes. Because <laughs> like, you had talked to me for, for like 30 minutes about this movie, and it wasn't until like that part that you were like, yeah, it's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm bad at explaining things, so I like over-explain. Um, but you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. All okay. right, well, what would you rate this movie, Ian? Um, what did we rate? Yeah, let me, let me find out what we rated in The Mouth of Madness. I think Madness. I gave it a 3.5. I think you gave it lower than that. But wow. I'm not a hundred percent sure. If that's if I did, that's good because then I know what this one's getting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the mouth of madness from Kenny, you gave it a three. I gave it a three. Yeah. Okay. So I gave in the mouth of madness a three point two. Okay. And I think I like this movie on par, mm-hmm. and it has just as many faults as I think in the mouth of madness has, but. It, ha- it works better in certain ways that In the Mouth of Madness couldn't. And so I think I'm going to give this a 3.2 as well. All right. If you add it on a scale of five, out of you know how you feel about movies, what would you what would I would you give, give it um, a solid five. Really? Ooh, no, I, I don't know oh, why I said I five. Like, I meant shit. four. Okay. Oh, okay. I would still I like, give damn. it a four. Um, but that's because of, I guess, nostalgia factor for mm-hmm. me. Um, I mean, other than that, I I really do just love movies in general, and mm-hmm. I love story, and I love the science aspects of the movie. Um, but yeah, I I think four is fair. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I I kind of agree with you, Ian. That like I this is a better movie than In the Mouth of Madness in the sense that it's got a more digestible story. You know what I mean? These yeah. are characters that you mm-hmm. actually kind of give a shit about. 
from start to finish a little bit more. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, which I think is... Better than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is basically, I think the only issues I really have with it is it's just not why I go to see movies. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't watch 90s horror films. It's just not my cup of tea. I didn't grow up on them. I don't mm-hmm. have that nostalgia factor. And so for me, they come off just as cheesy and yeah. <laughs> violent, you know? So yeah. Uh, that's really it's a bias you know what i mean but i still can see the attraction and to where this kind of rises above a lot of other movies that probably came out around it you mm. know what i mean like you get lawrence fishburne and sam neill to frontline your movie it's probably going to be a success so. yeah <laughs> i like that there was uh just one little quick tidbit that kind of relates this to an mcu movie yeah um lawrence fishburne talks about how his he left that burning man to die mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. his previous ship and the ship was called Goliath. Oh. And in the MCU, he plays Goliath. Goliath. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, another quick tidbit that I forgot to mention um, is that the original cut of this movie, the 30-minute longer movie, mm-hmm. was found by Paul W.S. Anderson on a VHS, but it was so bad of a quality that he couldn't, there was no way to restore oh, it. That's dang. a bummer. Yeah. And so we'll it, never get the Snyder cut. <laughs> I I really want to watch it. You want to watch the yes. gorier version? I would. Well, I, I want to watch it just to see if there's more, like we were saying, like fleshing out of characters mm-hmm. and like I think more that stuff there, like that. I think one thing that he noted was that it kind of explains the whole mama bear, baby bear, like because they had nicknames. That was for a little each weird. Other. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Justin, like Justin was called baby bear. baby bear, and so like it kind of explains a little bit more of their like personal relationships. relationships yeah that makes sense I've, it sounds like that first 30 minutes was like in the beginning and that he chose to take out you know what i mean i think it was, it was portions of the beginning but i think it was a lot of like the hell shit oh, i think really? it was a lot of gore and shit because i think that he, that he also talked about there was a longer cut of um dj the trauma doctor and how he was like eviscerated mm. where you see more of like that. inside of him and everything laid out on the table it was gotcha. probably like like Two minutes here. Two yeah, no, definitely there, for sure. Thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Paul Damien, thank you for bringing this movie to us. Yeah, I would have never ever in two billion years watched it unless it was for this podcast. Same. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very cult classic. So. Yeah, that's, and that's the point. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like we want to expose ourselves to things we wouldn't even traditionally watch. You know, mm-hmm. for these reasons. You know, I feel like I've grown as a movie watcher through this. <laughs> yeah. Bit, so. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk film. Yeah. Yes. Starring Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. I don't know who's directing it, but from what I, I know... We're talking about somebody. Movie. It's Bob Odenkirk <laughs> in Nobody. I know that it's uh, made by, or it's, at least it's advertised as being the, the people that make the John Wick films. Oh, okay. That makes so, sense. I actually do want to watch that movie, too. Um, oh, watch it's it. it's directed yeah. by the guy that directed Probably. Hardcore Harry. Henry. Hardcore uh, Henry. Okay. Hardcore That's... Harry. <laughs> okay. Well, That's Harry think, Potter's brother. I think it's produced by the guys that do the... The, the John Wicks. John Wicks, yeah. The oh, it's definitely written by the guy who wrote all three John Wicks. So, there you have it. Um, yeah, come back next week. Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram name is in the description. Mm-hmm. And, uh... All right, well... We will uh, see, see you, you next week. Yeah, see you then, or we'll see you on another time. Kathy, I can't wait. I have to take a bite of this panini. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.